This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And along with my Instagram live, so sorry for the delay, maybe a few minutes, because just trying to get all this coordinated. But uh, anyway, we uh, we got it going. So we're here. We're here with a great guest, you know, being that it is still February National Pet Dental Health Month. We have with us a really just a premier veterinary dentist who has been, he's like the go-to guy. And remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the story, and we're going to talk about it again today, about... Um, the non-anesthesia dentals and how it was discovered that these are not a good idea because of the study that Dr. Bellows ran, where he followed all these dogs that went to the, the, the vet dentist versus you know the regular veterinarian with anesthesia versus these anesthesia freeze. And though the teeth on the surface look good on, on both groups, the bone destruction in the non-anesthetic group was dramatic. And ever since then, by the way, that's why I stopped using a former dental hygienist who used to come in. She did a beautiful job cleaning the teeth, at least so we thought, because they looked so good on the outside. And yet the bone destruction was horrendous. So anyway, I just wanted to start the show with a couple of stories that I like to do every week, things that caught my attention in the news. And uh, then we're going to actually, one of them, interestingly, happens to do about teeth. How perfect is that? So first of all, beware of treats made by the doggone dog company. Salmonella has affected dogs and people in Massachusetts. If you have any, look at your treats that you buy. They're freeze-dried, and it's called by the doggone dog company. You want to return them. Salmonella is not something you want to have. Secondly, for those of you, there has to be a COVID story because we have a COVID story every week. Don't get your dogs vaccinated against COVID. Right now, there is no reason, there's no indication that it's a problem. And until or unless we end up a new variant that actually causes them to be ill, then that's a different story. But right now, don't think about getting your dogs any kind of vaccines. This one I like. This is a quickie. New law, speaking of Massachusetts, another Massachusetts story that now first responders to emergencies, they should actually transport the police dogs or the fire dogs to a vet hospital in case they're injured, the people that need help first. So they're going to be able, allowed to go in ambulances and go and take into the first veteran, the closest veterinary hospital. That is amazing. Hats off to Massachusetts for that one. And then uh, this one was for Jan. So, Doc, I heard a story that there was a mare, a horse, a gelding, two-year-old gelding with a swollen jaw. All right. And, you know, usually when dogs, how we know that dogs might have some dental problem, they might eat more slowly than normal. They might pick up the food in their mouth, but then they drop it. They might be, you know, tossing around their head, pawing at their jaw. They just seem uncomfortable. That might be indicating some sort of dental disease. But interestingly, many, many, many animals have terrible dental disease and don't show any signs at all, which is why regular checkups are so important. But this gelding had something called a compound Andontoma had 288 tooth roots in its jaw. And it was unbelievable. They were able to uh, fix it and they had to do surgery and remove them. It's almost like a, a tumor, benign tumor, where all this dental material gets is made by the body. Then they collect it. They show you a picture of 288 roots of teeth from this Andontoma. Anyway, with that, I'd like to introduce my special guest. 
I've known him for a long time. His name is Dr. Jan Bellows. He is a veterinary dentist. He's the go-to vet dentist that I know I call every time I'm having an issue. And uh, he's great. And he's here joining us. Jan, welcome. Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you for being the beacon. Oh, yeah. So first of all, tell me, you practice first, general practice, because oh, they yeah. didn't have, when we were in school, they didn't have veterinary dentists yet. No, so what, no. What led you into this? Ah, well, early, earlier in practice, back in 1985 or so, I attended a, um, a wet lab, a CE event given by a human dentist that was also a veterinarian. And I went back to my own practice and I saw just all the dentistry that- Was that Pete Emily? No, no, no. That was actually uh, Keith Grove. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, so Keith Grove. He, he, okay. he has since passed. But Pete Emily was, is also absolutely wonderful. Right. So then I came back to my practice and I said, wow, I want to get more involved with this so I can help my patients more. And I found out that there was very little being done in veterinary dentistry. And I was really lucky in my shopping center at the time, there was a human dentist that loved animals and he was slow at the time. So he taught me, you know, dentistry virtually. And then the veterinary AVMA decided, well, this should be a specialty. And uh, I was I was fortunate to be the 13th veterinary dentist. And that was back in 1990. And now there are about 200 of them. Yeah. Still not enough in the country. Right, right. So tell us, you know, for our audience, we really want to know how serious dental disease can be. You know, we always talk about endocarditis. We talk about glomerulonephritis, how these bacteria in the mouth end up traveling in the blood and setting up shop in some of these organs. And people really have to realize the importance. I have had dogs. I have a dog that, that I mean, I'm right, right now, I'm doing a dentistry this week. It has horrendous teeth, right? But the dog is 15. And they don't want to put the dog under anesthesia. They say, you know what? Age is not a disease. Age doesn't bother me. Let's, we did the blood test. The blood test looks great. I'd rather do dental. I'd rather anesthetize a 15-year-old dog with perfect bloods like this one than a eight-year-old dog with severe liver disease or kidney disease. So the truth of the matter is age doesn't scare me. But I told you what scares me is not cleaning these teeth. It's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. The longer you wait to take care of an oral problem, the more likely that problem is going to become the primary problem. Exactly. Exactly. And, and there's two major go-homes that your people listening need to know. Number one is that periodontal disease is the most common of all animal diseases. And it occurs because people can't figure out how to brush their pet's teeth every day, including myself. So fortunately, there are great workarounds. And the best workaround is taking a dental wipe. And you take the dental wipe to right. the sides of the teeth and you rub away the daily accumulation of plaque. So that's number one, go home. Number two, go home is don't feed your dog's antlers or bones or knuckle bones or nylon chews because they break teeth. Even though the dogs love it, they break teeth, expose the nerves, very painful. You have to go to a veterinary dentist, get a root canal. Just don't feed them that stuff. Feed them there's an organization called the VOHC, the Veterinary Oral Health Council, VOHC.org, that has for dogs about 40 products that are shown to control plaque and tartar, or at least decrease the progression, and are safe. And in cats, there's about 15 products. So there's things out there that can be done if people don't want to brush their teeth, but the wipes are the key, I find. Now, let's talk for a second about the importance. We're going to get to home care at the second half of the show. I want to talk about that, things that people can do. But let's talk about the oral diseases that often go unnoticed 
because animals typically don't complain. We talked about this horse and horses that they'll pick up food and drop, but there are some teeth. Sometimes you can look at a mouth and everything except for the tartar. And, you know, again, it starts as plaque. Plaque is a film left over from the food that they eat. If we don't brush it away, mix with the saliva and, and oral, normal oral flora, it hardens and becomes tartar, calculus. Once that happens, these problems, it's too late to do brushing now. That's why it's so important to do it beforehand. But what are some of the issues and how many of problems go unrecognized? Because, for example, many veterinarians aren't taking dental x-rays. Right. So the client should bring their animal to a veterinarian or their veterinarian at least twice a year, specifically for an oral exam. And if there's bad breath, the bad breath is coming from a pocket. A pocket is formed because that plaque turns to tartar and the tartar is rough, attracting more plaque. And eventually the good bacteria turn to bad bacteria and there's a bad smell. So if the, your dog or cat has a bad smell in the mouth, there's a pocket. And just like if you put your breakfast this morning in your pocket and left it there without brushing it away for six months, your leg would rot off. And that's what's happening. So it's real important for them to take it to a veterinarian and also to make sure that the veterinarian takes dental x-rays at least once a year. Because in, in humans, the ADA recommends dental x-rays at least once every two years. If animals age one year compared to people, you know, seven years, that means you're going to get dental x-rays on your dog or cat once every seven years, and that's not enough. So make sure the veterinarian takes what they call intraoral dental x-rays as compared to skull films, and make sure it's done under a general anesthetic. Now, if teeth have to be taken out, that happens, and it happens in a lot of cases because animals don't brush their teeth, but fortunately, there are new products out. So extracting the teeth, there's a, a product called Vetagel. I don't know if you've used it yet, Jeff, that is fabulous to control bleeding. And there's good options out there if teeth have to come out. You know, it's interesting. People are also always concerned about the anesthesia for dental x-rays. And that's why they don't want to do dental x-rays a lot. So I, just to, to share something with you, you've been to the dentist, they put that thing in your mouth, a little black plate. Okay. That's the film. Now, you know that you can't bite down on that plate, but Dogs, they don't know that. You can tell them don't do it. That's not going to help. That little plate, just to put things in perspective, from our point of view as a veterinarian who is running a business, that little plate, that little cute little plate, little plastic thing, cost about $7,000. Sure so does. therefore- <laughs> now, <laughs> I've gone through two of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so that's why when we do sedation, there, you have to sedate for oral x-rays. But it's amazing what you can find on an oral x-ray, when you can see, for example, a halo over a root, which indicates some sort of infection, and you can see the bone destruction. And the dogs, they don't complain because no one's listening to them. So it's very important that this becomes at least once a year, you know, part of an or a dental oral exam. Now, Dr. Bellows, Dan, when do you recommend people start with exams? Right from, the, first right from the beginning. Training. Right from the beginning. As soon as they get a puppy or a kitten, go to the veterinarian and get the dental wipes and get the dog used to either brushing. I mean, br brushing is the gold standard, but because people can't figure right. out where to put the toothpaste and where to put the toothbrush and you brush the inside and the outside and how you hold it. And then what do you do with the toothbrush after? Do you put it next to your toothbrush in the bathroom or do you put it in the kitchen drawer that is all sorts of messy? So they can't figure out generally what to do with the whole toothbrushing. Get used to wiping the outside surfaces of the teeth. And if it's a cat, get used to using a Q-tip dipped in tuna water 
rubbed against the gum surface every day to remove the plaque. The key is you want to remove the plaque. And to answer your question, start right away. And if you haven't started right away, start tomorrow regardless. Right. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, come back, get your advertisers in there. And uh, since we start about 10 minutes later, we'll run a little uh, 10 minutes over. And um, so everyone here on Instagram, stay live. We'll talk during uh, the commercial break. We'll be right back here on Pet Life Radio. So don't go away. Here's an alarming statistic. More than two-thirds of dogs and cats have oral health disease by the age of three. And one of the indicators is bad breath. Do your pets have a healthy mouth? Do you cringe when it's time for a kiss or a snuggle? Let's get to the cause. Harmful bacteria in their mouth. And bad breath is just the start. The bad bacteria cause tartar and oral disease, which can lead to serious overall health problems. It's critical to make sure your pet's oral health is the best it can be, as good dental health is key to optimizing their overall health. Now, good news. It's easy and affordable to improve their oral health with ProBiora Pet. Just one scoop of this dental care probiotic mixed into their food daily floods the mouth with positive bacteria, which crowds out the bad. This means better oral health and fresher breath. Probiora Pet is an all-natural dental care probiotic. It's odor and taste-free, so your pets will still enjoy their chow. We want to keep your pets healthy. During National Pet Oral Health Month, our listeners can save 10%. Go to probiorapet.com and use PLR10 at checkout. That's probiorapet.com. Use PLR10 at checkout to save 10%. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, welcome back. So uh, during the commercial break on Pet Life Radio, uh, we have a, um, a quick question from one of our uh, viewers here on Instagram. My neighbor's Jan, this is for you. My neighbor's five-year-old Yorkie lost vision in one eye during a routine dental cleaning. Is this a risk? Is it, can you come up with, could this be related or just really coincidence? I don't know if it's coincidental, but it is very, very, very rare. I mean, I've been a veterinary dentist for, you know, since 1990, and I've never had a case of that happen. And I, it could have been something that was about to happen. And we don't know really why it lost the vision in one eye, whether it was a retinal tear or all of a sudden had a cataract or had glaucoma. The eye is close to the mouth and, you know, it's impossible to apply. Have there been some sort of nerve, uh, nothing would really fit. Yeah, the the ophthalmic nerve is right there, but it would be if they gave local anesthetic for tooth extraction, it could be, but generally eye problems resolve. I mean, I also, I've been doing this for 38 years and I've never, never had that type of thing happen. So it is kind of weird. It's got to be very rare. I would not do dentistry on your dog for for that reason. But I want to touch on something that uh, just before the break, Dr. Bellas mentioned, and that was this, that I recommend there are a few things that when you get a puppy, you should start doing right away. I should recommend and always make it positive. So always follow it by some sort of reward. If a dog is food motivated, that's great. And those are touching the feet. Because dogs and cats, they don't like their nails clipped. Sometimes it's because of a bad experience. Make it fun. Don't even try to clip the nails like all the way back to the quick. You just want to just trim it just the point. 
and then give a treat, make it fun, lifting the tail, cleaning ears. These are all things that we expect, want you guys to do at home on a regular basis. Put a little paste, just your finger, no finger brush yet, no toothbrush, and just get them used to the, the action of the, of the taste of the paste in the mouth and the action of massaging the gums and then give them a treat and go, oh my God. You, see, you get to the point, I joke, that when the, the dog sees you coming, with that toothbrush, they want it because they know that it's something positive. So you do it just before a meal, just before a walk, just before a treat. And then the, that Pavlovian association is always going to be, oh, I'll put up with this for a second because I'm going to get a treat. And you then slowly graduate to the finger brush from the finger brush. And I also say, sometimes if you have to stop at the finger brush, that's great. The goal is to remove the plaque. And that is removable with the abrasive action of your finger with a finger brush, a toothbrush, some of the dentifrice. Remember, it's non-sudging. Uh, swallowable. You're not, you're, I've never had a dog loon, had a gargle yet, and, and spit out the water. So don't sure you can't use regular toothpaste, but they're doggy toothpaste, kitty toothpaste, flavored. You have beef flavor, chicken flavor, poultry flavor. I mean, um, shrimp flavor, you name it, you can find it. And then I know, Jan, you answered a question during the break, but answer it now for our Pet Life Radio audience about some rinses. Because I always say, something is better than nothing. But if the more you can do, the better chance you'll have of success. So you talked about some oral rinses that you can add to water. Right. So oral additives either comes in a powder or you could buy the additive in a liquid and use that as their water. And the ones that are vohc.org, veterinaryoralhealthcouncil.org accepted. Those are the ones that have gone through the testing. The problem is when people go into pet stores, they see all sorts of ads, whitens teeth, freshens breath no grain, you know, the, the, there's all sorts of things that are on the box, but there's very little really peer-reviewed research that goes to these products that say they really work. The ones that are vohc.org accepted are evaluated by five volunteer veterinary dentists and executive director, and it's owned by the American College of Veterinary Dentistry. So it's, it's Emmis. It's the truth of what these products, they actually work. And there are water additives. There's a toothpaste on there. There's a whole bunch of dental diets. There are loads of chews for dogs and cats. So it's, it's something for your listeners to log on to. Okay. And also one thing about this, we've seen in the, in the human dental world and also in the veterinary world from some products, Ascophyllum nodosum, the product that's coming from certain seaweeds, from New Zealand that they have shown at least studies on the human side too, that actually can cut down on plaque formation. Um, are you any familiar? With I, any I've of heard those? of it. I don't know any of the VOHC products that have it incorporated. Okay. As you said, the human studies are interesting. They can cut down plaque by, I don't know, they say 30, 40%. So uh, just as a preventive and it's a natural product. So it comes from some seaweeds. So interesting. Well, we'll talk about that one. But again, what people don't realize is that the most effective you can be is when you're doing it early on in the process, when it's plaque. And uh, as we all know, we brush our teeth several times a day, hopefully at least twice, maybe more. So like I tell people, you know, look, the best is to, is to do this every day. But if you only get to it like two to three times a week, four times a week, I still love you. It's still better than most are doing it. And as, as Dr. Bellis mentioned earlier, we as veterinarians are sometimes just as bad. Trust me. You know, I have 10 pets at home. It's going to take me two hours to get through. And the key is don't allow the groomer to just do it once a month. Oh, you know, correct. A lot. It's totally a waste. They actually did research. And Jeff, you're right. Every day is the best. Every other day is okay. Anything more 
then every third days is a total waste. So having the groomer charge a little extra to have them do it once a week or once a month or once every other week, total waste. Right. So don't do it that way. And then also, um, let's talk about, the, you know, again, a little more in depth about the anesthesia freeze that, uh, that have been very popular for a while. I think it's, we're seeing less of it. What I tell people to do, because, you know, when you have a young, healthy dog and we get them on a good oral hygiene program, I say, if you want to go, I want to see you once a year, for sure, once a year, maybe even twice a year. All right. Twice. But if you, in the meantime, in the middle of you want to do that and at least get the plaque away, if you have someone doing it well, but don't rely on that solely because what's going on, what you can't see under the gums, that's really what becomes the issue. Exactly. And the tooth in the dog and cat, the root is 60% of the tooth. In humans, it's only 20% of the tooth. So there's a very small root in humans, but animals, because they were bred to chase squirrels and uh, rabbits so they can eat, it's a very long root. And that's where the disease is. And in the non-anesthetic dental or the anesthesia-free dental, they cannot clean the root. They can't take dental x-rays and they can't probe to see where pockets are. And if folks want more information on that, on the Foundation for Veterinary Dentistry, if you Google that Foundation for Veterinary Dentistry, there's a whole section on anesthesia-free dentistry and why it is really not effective. And so many veterinarian dentists have seen cases that people go to the non-anesthetic dental every month or two or three. And then after years, they all of a sudden, you know, there's so much disease that a lot of teeth have to take it out. And people shouldn't really be afraid of anesthesia anymore. You know, the animal now is evaluated. The dog or cat is evaluated by the veterinarian first. They do blood work. The anesthesia itself is tailored to the animal. So if depending on what, what they call the ASA rating, and so important, the pet is monitored with the same monitoring that they use in human anesthesia before during and after the procedure until they're up ready to go home. So anesthesia is not as risky as it once was before. Correct. Now let's talk real quick. You know, we talked about a lot of dogs, dogs, dogs. Let's talk about cervical line lesions in cats, ah, okay. uh, which is just something where, you know, and also stomatitis in cats, right? where sometimes this solution is removing all the teeth. Right. In cats, half of all cats, half 50% or greater, of cats older than three years old will have at least one tooth resorption. That's what they call it now. They used to call it cat cavities or cervical line erosions or FORLs. Now they call tooth resorptions. And half of cats over three years old will have them and they're painful because the nerves are exposed or the dentin is exposed. We still don't know what causes them. The only treatment is to remove them and you can help to diagnose it on x-rays to see if the cat's going to have one so because it tends to be progressive. Stomatitis, on the other hand, is a disease where the cat becomes allergic to its to the plaque on the teeth. And the treatment for that, unfortunately, in many cases, is take out all the teeth. And it's usually very effective. Right. And, uh, but, and understand that when that happens, if you have had cats with it or it's been recommended to you, just know these cats do just fine. They'll even still eat dry food. <laughs> They really do. In fact, they prefer to eat dry food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So uh, no, it is. It's very interesting. So just keep that in mind that it's, it's one of those things where, where we can, of all the diseases that animals get, you know, there are two of them that we just said. So number one is the, the number one nutritional disease affecting our pets is what? Obesity. 
And we can do a lot to prevent obesity. And one of the other diseases that are we already talked about, periodontal disease. And yet we can do something about it. So you know, you can't necessarily prevent that cancer, right? You can't prevent the organ dysfunction, the kidney failure in an older cat. But what we can do are prevent oral diseases and we can prevent obesity. So things that we can actually take a part in preventing, we need to take advantage of that. Because it's the many diseases we just can't prevent it. It just, you know, as they say, poop happens. But this is great. So um, anyway, hope this was of help. And uh, we were very fortunate to have Dr. Bellows take some time away on his Sunday to join us here on Pet Life Radio and on my Instagram Live. And again, if you have any questions, any you can always get a hold of me. And if it's a tough one, guess what? I'm going to get a hold of Dr. Bellows. So thanks again for joining us here, Jan. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully our audience learned some new things. So anyway, thanks for joining me. And we'll see you here next week. I'm going to be gone on the Sunday of the first Sunday of March. I'll be at Las Vegas for the Western Veterinary Conference. So uh, I will not be here live on that Sunday, but I will be here next week. You know, any questions you have during the week, you can either send it to me at drjeff at petliferadio.com or uh, on my Instagram. Just go to Werbs underscore DVM and, and write me questions. We'll talk about it on my show. Uh, you can get me at jeff at airbet.com. Let's put it this way. It's really hard not to get a hold of me. So, uh, Whenever you need to, just do so. And we will, as I said, have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Jan, once again, thanks. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.